Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. Well, hello, my beautiful monkeys and my fellow travelers. What's going on? You're with your best friend in the whole wide world, Uncle Silverback. Today is Friday. It's the 20th of August, 2021. We are continuing our series review of Mr. Inbetween, and we're starting with series or, or season three, I guess I should say, episode one entitled Coulda Shoulda. Let's go ahead and get our contact info, and then we'll jump in with the show. I do have the voicemail, which is 206-745-2731, and that is about 90 seconds, but you can call it multiple times if you want. If you would rather record your own audio, and I'll play it for you on the show, or if you would rather have me read out an email that you send, the address to send that is thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. If you go over to the website, which is thearmedape.com, you'll find all my social media stuff. If you ever want to check any of that stuff out, you can go ahead and click on those. If you would like to support the show, there's a few different ways you can do that as well. You can do it financially. There's a PayPal donation button there. You can maybe go over to my YouTube channel and subscribe there. That'd be great. That'd help me out. You can also, and this would help grow the show as much as we can, go ahead and tell some of your friends about it. Recommend it if you think this is the type of thing that they would like. All right, that's enough of that stuff. Let's go ahead and continue our review of Mr. Inbetween. Season 3 opens up, and Episode 1, again, is entitled Coulda Shoulda, and we see some guys that we haven't seen before. There's sort of a, there's four of them. One guy is sort of a little bit of an older man, and he's talking about that they're going to meet these gun dealers and they're going to rip them off, and they're going to pretend to beat up one of their crew, a guy named Steve, and he's saying, well, we'll beat these guys up real bad. We'll give you a little bit of a touch-up. And that way they won't think you're in on the ripoff. And if we beat, and if we beat these guys up bad enough, then they'll, they'll know not to come back on us. They'll know that we're serious. So they're like, all right, okay, we'll, we'll do that. We cut to the next scene, and it turns out that the guys that they're going to try and rip off are Gary and Ray. And so they're meeting Steve at night kind of in, a, in a, maybe an industrial area of town or something like that. They show Steve the guns. He's like, all right, I'll get the cash for you. He goes back to his car, and that's when uh, the leader and the two other guys, and the leader's name is Graham, and through the episode, we don't ever know what the other two people's names are, the other two guys in the crew. They successfully beat up Ray and Gary, and they beat them up pretty bad, and then they just give uh, Steve a few punches then they take off with the guns. Steve is then sort of up. He goes over and puts Gary, who's pretty much unconscious, into the passenger side of Ray's car. And then he puts Ray into the uh, the driver's seat of the car. And he's like, you guys got to get out of here. I got to get out of shoot. 
we don't know if these guys are going to come back, you know, so we're going to leave. So Ray is looking at him, and you can tell Ray knows something is up. Ray obviously knows, well, this is a setup. It's too coincidental. And it also, interestingly enough, it sort of goes back to the same thing that happened to Gary before, where Vasily, if you remember that from season one, had set him up again through a gun deal that had, had gone wrong, so to speak. As Steve is crossing over in front of Ray's car, Ray, again, like I said, he knows something up, so he pushes on the gas and boom, runs over Steve. So we cut to, it's that next morning, and Steve is chained up to a fence and Ray is questioning him and says, look, you know, I, I, I want the guns back. I know it was the setup. And of course, Steve is, oh, no, no, you know, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Eventually, Ray threatens to cut Steve's foot off with a chainsaw and Steve then says okay I'll I'll get the guns I'll get the guns and then Ray's like I also want some names and Steve is saying no I I can't do that these guys are my lifelong friends and mates I can't I can't give them up and then instead of Ray kind of you know maybe going to the next level with torturing Steve or something like that he just says all right because I think Ray understands he'll probably eventually be able to find out who these guys were or if he gets the guns back and some other stuff, he, he might call it even type thing. Kind of the price of doing business, maybe something like that. So anyway, Ray gives Steve his own cell phone back. So Ray gives Steve Steve's cell phone. Steve calls up the leader, who is a guy named Graham. And he's like, you got to give the guns back. You got to come here. You know, he threatened to kill me, all this other stuff. Graham says, okay, we'll do it. You know, we'll, we'll bring him back. Ray takes the phone from Steve and he tells Graham, this is where we are and you've got four hours to come here or there's going to be trouble and you need to bring the guns and $30,000 in cash. So Graham says, okay, we'll be there. So we cut to the next scene. Ray has moved Steve outside. They're in kind of almost like an abandoned, like an agricultural thing. Maybe it was like an old place where they processed, you know, food or sheep or, you know, something, who knows. Uh, but anyway, Ray has moved Steve out and he has got him chained up outside and these guys pull in, they get out of the car, Graham brings up the guns to Ray, shows, opens up the bag, Ray's like, all right. And then he's like, all right, what about the cash? And then the guy, and then Graham says, well, we need our lad first. So Ray's like, okay. He tosses the keys over to Steve, Steve unchains himself and he goes back and he gets into the car. So with Graham... So now there's all the, their four original people are all there. So there's Graham, there's Steve, and there's the two other guys. So Ray's like, what about the cash? And then Graham just kind of like, huh. He's like, nah, you know, kind of, kind of like be happy with what you're getting type thing. So Ray is just standing there and then Graham goes back. Uh, Steve goes and gets in the car. Um, There's another guy that gets back in the car and then the guy that was driving and Graham, they get back in this, basically this SUV thing. As they're backing away, one guy kind of flips Ray off and Ray just kind of smiles at him. And then he walks behind these uh, kind of like big boulder type things and he picks up a shotgun and they see Ray and they're like, oh no. And they start to, to back out as fast as they can. Ray opens up on him. He fires at the, at the back, at the retreating SUV two or three times. Some of the buckshot goes through the windshield and maybe the second shot goes through and hits the driver and I think kills him. At the same time that Ray is firing on them, we see that Gary and Dave, and Dave is the guy from before who was in the biker gang, the uh, the Deadbeats, they're up kind of 
out in the woods and a little bit higher, and they're firing down at the same time. So the driver has been hit and killed. We have Steve is in the back seat, and the other the other crewman is in the back seat. He, um, as they're backing up, and as Dave and Gary are firing down on him, and a lot of stuff is going on. It's a pretty chaotic scene. They run into some basically some pallets. The car is all shot up. And I think Graham even takes, maybe he's taken a couple of buckshot pellets. He's, he's got some body armor on, but it's probably only rated for pistol ammo. Also at the time, I don't think I mentioned it, but Ray has body armor on as well. Once the car crashes, Graham is kind of hanging out the passenger window and he's firing up into the woods and kind of firing at Ray at the same time as Ray is advancing on the uh, on the SUV and he's shooting the shotgun he's also reloading at the same time which is kind of interesting because he'll he kind of reloads over the top so he puts it into the chamber racks it and then fires and then he takes another shell out puts it into the chamber so he's doing kind of that one shot one thing so he's not reloading the shotgun you know boom 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 he's just doing it kind of one at a time almost treating it like a single shot Steve bails out of the car and he starts running Graham kind of notices that Steve is running. He takes, again, a couple of shots at Ray. Ray, you see one shot hit Ray's vest, and it kind of pushes him back a little bit. Uh, But I think Ray has so much adrenaline going that he doesn't really even feel it. And he tracks Steve, and boom, hits Steve with the shotgun. Steve goes down. The other guy who was the the remaining crewman who's still alive, he takes off, and he's going to head out toward the woods. And Gary hits him with the rifle, gets him. He goes down. He's dead. Graham gets out of the vehicle. He's firing at Ray. He goes to try and help Steve. Ray hits him again with the shotgun, and they're pretty close range. Uh, Graham kind of goes down. He pops back up, though. I think the, the, the body armor that he got absorbed some of the damage. I still think he took some damage, though. He pops up. He turns around, and then Ray hits him again in the back. So I think this is this is probably the shot that is going to eventually kill Graham because he's he's taken so much damage at this time. Graham is like I said he pops back up. He is returning fire at Ray. Ray kind of goes and uses the the SUV as cover and Graham is trying to make his way into this building and what's it's a really neat visual shot as Graham is going toward the building. Ray takes a shot at him, but Graham is going by a chain link fence. And so when Ray takes that shot of him, boom, he hits Graham again. Graham goes down. He crawls into the into this barn or outbuilding, whatever you want to call it. And he kind of props himself up against kind of this uh, wall or some equipment like that. And then Ray follows him in. What I'll do here is I'll go ahead and play the clip of the conversation that Ray and Graham have. And it shows some of the, oh, well, I guess we'll talk about here, but it it shows some of the regret uh, for Graham. And then eventually it also, we see some of the, oh, and like I said, we'll talk about after the clip, some of the emotions that Ray is going through as well. Get off more like a chew, eh? So, I'm sorry about that thing. There's nothing personal. Don't worry about it. 
come in and out. So what happens there is after that conversation and the whole time we see that Ray is kind of, you know, looking at Graham, he's not necessarily even mad at him. I think in some way, maybe he sort of can kind of respect Graham's, oh, kind of concern for his, his, his quote unquote boys, his crew. And I think that Ray also respects the level of fight that the guy had. And I think he, you can see that he's kind of, mm, what do we want to say? Maybe a little regretful that it had to happen this way. And, you know, like he said, oh, I should have just given you cash. And he's like, yeah, I could have, should have. And again, all that would have been avoided. So we see that maybe some of this stuff, is starting to maybe get to him. I don't, you know, I don't know, maybe a little bit. I think that in the, it seems like in the moment stuff is getting to Ray a little bit more, but then he's able to kind of compartmentalize this stuff later. And we've seen that in past episodes. So Graham, we hear kind of Graham's soft dying breath, which again is reminiscent of kind of Brucey's dying breath, which is that little, ugh. And Graham has a, uh, like a little, um, what would you call it, like a little fanny pack or a little uh, waste bag or something around on his waist, and Ray goes and picks that up. Well, it turns out there's the cash in there, so they did bring cash as well. During this time, Gary and Dave have kind of worked their way back down. Ray gives Gary the pack with the money in it, and then Dave says, oh, it's a three-way split. And then Ray's like, nah, I don't want it. You You two go ahead and take it. You know, both Gary and Dave are kind of like, all right. And then, which Dave does something that I think is maybe a little odd in that he, Gary is holding the bag with the money, the little uh, waste bag, little waste pack. And Dave just like grabs it from him, like real kind of aggressive and everything. And Gary kind of looks at him and says like, you know, easy tiger. Uh, And so, you know, remember Gary, although he is, sometimes used a lot for comic relief. Gary is not somebody really to be trifled with, and especially if it's a thing where there's going to be a beef between Gary and Ray and Dave. Dave is going to get the short end of the stick because Ray is going to pick Gary over Dave uh, because Ray has, you know, what we have been 
shown over the past two seasons is that Ray and Gary go way back. Uh, so anyway, but I, I did I did think that was a little odd. Maybe it's just kind of the adrenaline of the of of the of the moment and the emotions are kind of high and all that stuff. So anyway, we we cut from there and we see that Ray is home and he's doing the dishes and you can tell he's kind of still upset about how how things went down. You can tell that, you know, in the earlier scene he's just like, "Ah, what a waste. This didn't have to happen." So it turns out uh, it, then it cuts to it's the next morning. Ray is going into the laundry room and he sees Brucey's walker is over in the corner and he kind of looks at it and he's really kind of, you can tell he's kind of contemplative and kind of melancholy and kind of a little sad. You know, he's, he's dealing with a lot of loss. And I think, I'm not, again, the timelines on in this show sometimes are a little off. I don't know how long ago he split with Allie, but I think it's still maybe relatively recent. But I know that I think Brucey's death is also relatively recent, so I don't know how long it's been since, you know, Brucey, since Ray helped Brucey die, uh, did the assisted suicide with Brucey. I, I think we're seeing that there's a lot of loss and a lot of um, a lot of that stuff is kind of starting to weigh on Ray at least at this at this point. Uh, so we we cut to the uh, the next scene and Ray and Britt are driving and she asks Ray she's like well what's your birthday and Ray says it's March 26, uh, 1976 and that would put Ray and again I don't know what the what the timeline is on the show or what month it's supposed to be. But that was that would put the character of Ray at about forty-three to forty-four years old. Again, kind of in the timeline of the show, and that makes I think Britt is around twelve years old, maybe going to be turning thirteen, kind of soon. Ray drops Britt off at school, and she does a kind of a funny thing where she's saying, "Oh, just drop me off here," you know, a little bit, you know, not so much at the front part of the school, and so. He's like, uh, oh, and they, and they have kind of a, it's a funny back and forth. It's kind of, it's a nice um, change of pace mood wise, I guess we would say in the show. And she's like, just drop me here. And he's like, well, you know, you don't want to be seen with me anymore. And so she gets out of the car and goes off. And as she's walking off, he yells real loud, like, love you, Brit. Uh, so we cut to Ray is, he's driving back. And again, Ray's probably not in the best of moods. And as he's coming around the corner, there's these two guys in the street and they're crossing and Ray kind of comes up close to him, but he, he stops. And then the one of the guys kind of slaps Ray's mirror and Ray's like, oh no. So he, you know, he gets mad. He gets out of the car and then they're, you know, they kind of are exchanging words. And then Ray just kind of wham, he just, he uh, hits this one dude in the face and kind of drops him. And of course, Right as he does that, the police come and they see him and they're like, you know, the sirens, they kind of hit him with a boop, boop. We cut from there and we see that Ray, oh, well, and before, I guess what we should talk about too, because this, this will, is a part of it too. These guys were going across the street and they're saying like, oh, you know, we, we were in the crossway and he's like, well, there's no, where's the signs? And Ray's like, well, where's the signs if this is a pedestrian crossway? And they're like. 
you know, that doesn't matter, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And then that's when I guess, I, you know, Ray hits him. So we cut from that to a scene of a guy who's kind of in a holding cell at a jail. We don't, we've never seen him before or met him before, unless he's been like some weird background character or something, but we've never seen him before. And turns out his name is Adam Kelsey. That's his full name. And he's getting processed in. You can tell he's, he, he doesn't really know what's going on. He's sort of looking around. He's nervous. Uh, they take him into, after they process him in, they take him and they put him in his cell. And there's, you know, of course, all this yelling and all this other stuff. And he just kind of goes in there and makes up the lower bunk. And then he uh, spends the night. It cuts to him. And it's the next morning. He's on the toilet taking a crap. And Ray comes in. And here's an interesting thing kind of on knowing what I know a little bit. So Ray, well, like I said, Adam was sitting on the toilet taking a crap. Ray comes in and he kind of looks at him like, you know, what are you doing? Uh, and But he can tell, oh, this guy is brand new. He doesn't know. And one of the things that Ray tells Adam is, hey, you don't, like next time you don't take, you don't basically take a crap here in the room you only pee in the toilet because it stinks a place up. And if we're stuck in here, you know, the whole place is going to smell like crap the whole time. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, you can go down the hallway, just, you know, down the hallway a little bit. And there's the communal bathrooms and you go down there to, to go to the, you know, to go number two. So Ray's like, well, what are you in for? And Adam tells him, I basically was getting a divorce. My wife cheated on me with this guy. And she ended up taking my daughter and I was trying to get in hold of my daughter and trying to text my wife. Well, it turns out they had a, what they call an AVO, which is kind of like an order of protection. I, I can't remember. I think it's called like a apprehend violence order or something like that. But basically it's like a protection order. So he, again, being that this is his first time, he doesn't know that he can't text or anything like that, or he maybe just wasn't paying attention and again, I don't know how much of, you know, are we supposed to think that is Adam maybe kind of abusive, but it doesn't seem like it is. So I think he's supposed to, we're, the story that we get is supposed to be his story. Like this would be re reliable narration. And then Ray basically tells him, he has a little fun with him and tells him, you know, he's in for rape. And the guy's like, what? And then again, it's the same thing of, it's it's a little bit of a, Ray's poking fun at him, but it's also a test of if this guy had been in jail and if Ray tells him I'm in for rape, that guy is going to have a pretty visceral reaction. And he, he's kind of like, what? And then Ray kind of goes on and says, oh, but I didn't rape women. I just raped blokes. And the guy's like, oh, what? And, and, uh, so eventually Ray kind of lets on that he's just sort of messing with him and they kind of laugh about it. Ray, I don't know, is, is, in a way, he's kind of, since he knows this guy is is new and the guy's not being like real jerky or anything to Ray or, or anything like that, Ray is going to, is sort of taking him in under his wing a little bit, like kind of, just a little bit in that he's telling him, you know, don't go to the bathroom here, make sure you do this, make sure you do that, that type of just, you know, um, stuff where Ray could have been real mean to him and he wasn't. We cut to the next scene, Ray is on the phone and he's actually on the phone with with Brittany he calls her from jail he has this conversation he's like well where are you how come you can't be here and and he's like oh I won't be back for around you know about two to three weeks and she goes well 
is it two weeks or three weeks, that type of thing. And he's, and he's like, well, I don't know. And she's like, well, you're being awfully weird. And he, they kind of, and he goes, well, I'll, you know, I'll be back in about three weeks and I'll see you then. And then the conversation kind of ends. And then he turns around from where the, like the pay phones are, the communal pay phones are, and he's going to walk back down the hallway, kind of going back probably towards his cell or to a common room or something like that. And then the music that we hear, it's a well-respected man by the kinks starts playing. And I think it, it, uh, this is one of those times where the music does have some meaning and it shows that this is not Ray's first time in jail. Uh, we see um, that kind of Ray knows the ropes and everything. And we also see nobody's, we didn't have any scenes of anybody coming up and messing with Ray or anything like that. So it, I think the music is telling us, hey, this guy is going to be, meaning Ray, is going to be respected in prison. And um, he's not somebody, again, in the prison system that the other inmates there are going to trifle with. And, you know, I don't know, I guess maybe we, I'm, I don't know how the the system really works in Australia. I think these guys, most of these guys are pre-trial guys or they're going through trial. So some of them are maybe awaiting their initial appearances in court, that type of stuff, because it seems like you have kind of mixed. So this, it may be more like what we would consider here kind of county jail or something like that. So anyway, again, that's how it ends. And we'll go ahead and draw the show to a close. A lot of stuff happened here. A lot of emotional kind of arcs with Ray. We can we see that is, you know, is he starting to get tired of some of this stuff? Is he, or, or is it more that he just said, oh, this was, uh, especially when he basically killed all of Graham's crew, is this just sort of, was this needless? Could they have just given us the money and then we would, then I would have just let it go type thing. All right, let me go ahead and give you that contact info again. I'd love to hear from you, even if it's just to say, you know, drop me a quick hello or something like that. We've got the voicemail, which is 206-745-2731, 206-745-APE1. And if you would rather send an email and have me read it out for you, or if you would rather record your own audio and have me play it, you can send that stuff to me at thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. And you can even just send a, a quick, drop me a quick email that just says hello, that type of thing. All right, my beautiful, beautiful monkeys and my fellow travelers, I will talk to you guys next time.